What is up, Fat Guy Forum listeners? This is Gourmet with a quick note before we get into this week's episode. A couple things. First, I am very excited that this week, two new things are happening. One, this episode features the updated Fat Guy Forum, Fat Guy 5 questions. Two, if you are a member of the Patreon, the after show starts now. So this week, going forward, will be the brand new Fat Guy Forum after show exclusive to Patreons. So if you are not signed up, Check out the link in the the notes of this episode. Get yourself signed up so you can get access to that extra content involving this show. I'm excited to finally getting it launched and in your hands. So let's move forward with that. That'll be exciting. And if you're not into Patreon and you still want to support the show, don't forget we have the affiliate links in the show notes for Redmond and Kettle and Fire Broths. If you use either of those codes, that helps support us keeping the show on the air as well. So that's all, my friends. Let's get into it. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. I am so excited to be back after an unexpected few weeks off due to a family emergency I had going on. But I am here with you once again and have a slew of guests coming up that I'm excited for you to hear. And the first is is with us right now. Uh, This is someone who I have been connected with for a while, but I'm excited to finally kind of hear more of his story and, and bring it to you. And his name is Mike Page. Mike, how are you doing? Hey, how's it going, guys? Or everybody out there? Hey, how's your day going, man? It's going good. Going good. I'm. Uh, I work in the insurance world, so it's kind of our crazy time right now with open enrollment for health insurance and things like that. So, getting ready for the holidays and doing well. Understood. Understood. And I think Mike may be the most geographically close to me guest. <laughs> that I've, I've I've ever had. We're we're both San Diego area, so that, that that's awesome. Um, yep. And but technologically, I don't, I don't have the equipment to record in person, so we're still doing this long, quote unquote, long distance. But we're not that long. Um, yeah. And I, I'm just excited for people to hear your story, Mike. So let's get to it, man. Tell us what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum. Well. Uh... I was a fat guy, and um, I'm working on it. <laughs> um, my my journey, you know, is is a little different than everybody else's. Um, as a young child, I grew up in San Diego, uh, playing lots of sports. Um, always kind of had a really bad uh, uh, diet. You know, I like the junk food, like the. Um, like the pizza and the sweets and things like that. Well, I uh, I grew up here in San Diego, grew up surfing, you know, always uh, really busy with sports, soccer, basketball, baseball, things like that. But when I got older, um, you know, that, that poor diet kind of transferred over into my adult years and, um, you know, really started noticing my weight gain um, in my college years. And... Um, quickly put on weight and then introduced alcohol and, and partying into my lifestyle. And that's kind of all where it went, went bad there, uh, with my weight. I, um, I got really big, uh, in my late twenties, early thirties and drank a ton, um, ate really bad food and, and gained up. Um, yeah, I, it, just bad habits. Um, I ended up, um, becoming a alcoholic. Um, I've been sober a year now and, uh, 
Yeah, that's been a whole process, but it went from eating bad to just focusing on an alcohol. I was, uh, had a really bad addiction there with, with alcohol and, uh, I had to nip that in the butt first before I, um, was able to start losing weight, I guess you could say. Um, I, uh, I did have uh, weight loss surgery this last year in 2022. I had the gastric sleeve. Um, my highest weight I ended up getting to was about 445 pounds. Um, the time of surgery, I was um, about 390. And uh, I had the surgery in April of this year. And now I'm sitting about 310. Um Goal weight's going to be about 220, um, 2, 210, 220 there. So it's definitely a still a work in progress. I've got some work to do, but um, but yeah, I uh, I I did it a little differently. The weight gain really came on during the whole COVID. I mean, I've always been a bigger guy, but it really got bad when COVID hit, and you know, I um, decided I needed to do something, and I looked into surgery. And I, I know you're probably familiar with with, uh, with Kaiser out here. Um, I was in a Kaiser weight loss program. And at this whole time I'm in this weight loss program to get surgery, I was drinking heavily still. And I'm in these meetings, uh, meeting with the, the therapist and stuff like that. I'm in these group meetings and the people were like, you know, cracking down like, oh, I ate a whole pizza last night or I left and went to McDonald's and ate 10 cheeseburgers and gorged myself. And, you know, it's, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, that's not me. I, I'm not, I don't have necessarily a crazy food addiction. I never really have. Most of my waking came from the alcohol and, and putting, you know, drinking almost 20,000 calories a day in alcohol in, in empty calories. Like that's really when the major weight gain came on. Um, and uh, so I dropped out of that program and because uh, I didn't, I felt like I could do it myself, you know. So, of course, um, years later, I'm gaining more weight, more weight. And uh, then COVID happens and it's just, it got so bad, my drinking, that um, it put me in the hospital numerous times. Um, I almost killed myself, drinking myself to death pretty much, um, which is scary. And... Um, I had to put myself in a program to get healthy. Um, and that at that point I met a girl and she, uh, we started dating. I got sober. Um, and she told me about how she just had weight loss surgery in Tijuana, Mexico at a hospital called Oasis of Hope. And at that time I did have insurance and I was going through the process to get uh, the sleeve. Actually, I was going to get the bypass done here in the States. And because of COVID, my surgery was actually put out like they wouldn't even tell me. They said uh, probably two years until I was because it was an elective surgery. They weren't doing them. And I was like, I'm not going to wait two years. And they were my insurance was putting me through hoops and stuff like making me jump through hoops to try to get approved. And it was really difficult. And the experience my girlfriend had with the surgery in Tijuana was amazing. And I did my research. I talked to a lot of people. I went and had it done in, like I said, April. And uh, it was a wonderful experience. To anybody that's having insurance issues, 
um, or they just don't have insurance and they still would like to have the sleeve or bypass, I mean, the, it's maybe $4,000 out of your pocket for the sleeve and the experience is amazing. They will pick you up at the airport, drop you off at the airport. You don't even have to step a foot into the streets of Mexico. I mean, there you're in a gated hospital and it was really a wonderful experience and everybody spoke English. There was no issues there. They dropped, they picked, since I was living in, I live in San Diego, they picked me up at my front door, dropped me off. So that was very convenient. Um, but here I am today. Um, you know, I could jump back a little bit. Um, I met you, um, right before I had surgery and I was doing keto and, and you were a great help, uh, cause I didn't know what I was doing. So I know if you look at back at our messages, I was always asking you about certain things like, um, what to do, what to eat. How do I do keto? How do I stay in ketosis? How, how do I maximize this, this diet? And you were very helpful, so I really appreciate you. A lot of people on social media can can, you know, not be as friendly and, and helpful as you are. So I greatly appreciate that. But I ended up losing about fifty pounds before surgery from keto alone. So that was very helpful. Um, so thank you for that, Gourmet. I appreciate that. But um, um, but yeah, so that that's where I'm at today. I'm at about three ten, and I'm still working. I've got a good gym uh, regimen diet's okay. I've really started to introduce new foods. Um, so I'm kind of still figuring out. I just hit a six month mark after surgery. So I'm still kind of figuring out what foods I digest well and, uh, and where I'm at. So that's kind of the gist of everything where I'm at now and uh, still moving forward. And just, I hit a little bit of a stall this last month, but, um, but uh, I think I'm out of it. Let's mm. hope so. So the scale's starting to starting to come back down again. Well, I, I appreciate, you know, that's a nice in-depth kind of look at the this, this journey that you've been on. And obviously there's more there for us to talk about, man. And first, you know, congratulations, one congratulations on your sobriety. You know, I know that that's, that's no easy challenge. And then also to be dealing not just only with dealing with an alcohol addiction, but then also weight issues, you know, is, is a lot to come through. And, you know, but I do think you're right. Like there's a, there's a uniqueness to your story in that you weren't that person, like you said, was leaving those meetings and going and having a, you know, having a whole pizza, you know, you weren't that person, you know, you had some, some poor eating habits that then became exacerbated, you know, by your alcohol usage. And uh, what I'm curious, kind of going back into it, you know, is when was there a point, you know, cause, cause I think that because it is so such a unique thing, like, you know, my question is like, was there a point, you know, as things were developing for you, like, when you became conscious that your weight was an issue or was it your, you know, were you, con you know, was it more, you were conscious of, of your alcohol issues and you knew that your weight was a consequence of that. Like how did that interplay for you as you were kind of building that consciousness of knowing you needed to make some changes? Does it, does well, that question make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I stopped uh, being able to move and just walk around in, the, in my neighborhood or, get around or being able to sit in a booth or my clothes not fitting and only being able to wear certain clothes, I knew it was a problem. And my health was being affected tremendously. I've had multiple doctors that told me, they're like, you need to eat. You've got to do something. You got to do something quick because you're not going to be around too much. If, if you know, the way my blood work was coming back to the doctors and I, mean, I was pre-diabetic and um, that's when I made the keto change and that kind of fixed that 
you know, but then I was still heavy. So, and I have a, I have hypothyroidism. So, um, you know, that's been a challenge too. So even if my thyroid's not, you know, it doesn't work very good. So, um, that I got that working against me too. Um, they said that could have been from the alcohol abuse as well, damaged. Um, so all those things, not being able to move around, uh, not feeling comfortable in my skin, my mental health was not good. It, it, it all stemmed from my, my physical being. Like I, I needed to get right mentally, physically, and to move in the right, right direction. And, and ultimately that came from my mental health, my physical health getting right to, to move forward. So. And and I think there's something to you make having that realization that you needed to work on your issues with alcohol first. That because, had to come first and foremost. Yeah. Absolutely, a hundred percent. Because I've seen people and I've known people that have dealt with both issues concurrently and have tried to put the focus on on handling their their weight issues, and you 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 eventually kind of talk to them about the fact that they they're trying to shift the type of alcohol they're drinking you know, to, to minimize the caloric impact, like, you know, try I actually to... have a funny story about no, that. So definitely, uh, when I first started keto, you know, mm-hmm. I, I stopped drinking, you know, and I was like, Oh, this is great. You know, great. I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to stop drinking. And then I found out, Oh, we could do just vodka and soda or we could do the Trulies, the, or the, 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 you know, the, canned seltzer drinks and things like that because those are technically keto i guess you call them or no sugar (laughs) so the second i told myself i could start drinking those and drinking straight vodka and things like that i did that and that didn't help me at all (laughs) that actually that actually made worse but you know that kind of made me spiral um back downwards because i found out you know oh those don't have any sugar in it but then at the same i was i was ill-informed you know i i well, it's, it's easy to compartment. It's easy to compartmentalize that, you know. Yeah. Whereas for some people, they're the way that the the track they go on when they're trying to do keto and they're kind of still feeding an addiction. It's a food addiction, so they're looking for those keto treats that you know. Oh, it's one gram of net carbs, or this is you know this bread is zero grams of net carbs. Like, but that I think alcohol makes complete sense. You know, it's that whole idea of people are like, well, there's no carbs in vodka. There's no car, you know, the Trulies are one gram of sugar, like right. finding ways to kind of work the system. And I think that's something that all of us, you know, that goes through, whether it's, it's dealing with weight, dealing with alcohol, dealing with drugs is finding those ways to kind of cheat the system and that's allow those, <laughs> allow, yeah, allow those addictions to continue to be enabled. Like I, you know, it, it's not the same as dealing with, with an alcohol issue, but I, I think about when, you know, the times that I did things like Weight Watchers and programs along those lines, and I would find ways to fit my Reese's peanut butter cups into my Weight Watchers points. And, <laughs> you know, so I, I mean, I remember being in, <laughs> being in high school and eating Reese's peanut butter cups and boiled chicken breast, because that's all I had the points left for you know, was to get some protein. <laughs> yeah. in. you know, so like, we, I think we find ways to do those things. We try to find ways to make things work because we're still in that cycle, you know, in that mental place of not acknowledging the addiction that was there. Like what? Yeah. And that's my alcoholic brain, you know, yeah. trying to convince myself, Hey, you know, there's no carbs in vodka. Just drink a ton, drink a whole bottle. You'll be fine. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, you know, that didn't, so that didn't help me out 
at all. So I had, I really had to hone in and fix the main problem, which was my addiction first before I moved forward into the weight loss. And if anybody's listening that has a different addiction than food, you, you got it. You got to get that, that one out of the way before you can really, cause that's your whole mental. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, you got to fix that before, before the, at least for me personally, before the weight loss. Yeah. No, I, 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 I think you're, I, I think you're right, man. Like, and that's the thing where I think these discussions then become awkward for people, you know, not for you and I talking about it, but for someone listening who is struggling with different addictions, it's like, people think we're starting to talk about ranking addictions and one's worse than the, you know, this is worse than the other. And this is, this is a harder challenge to deal with. And really, I think it comes down to something that's really individual. Like I've, I've had people on the show that, you know, were drug addicts who found getting off the pills or whatever drug they were using to be challenging, but not as challenging for them to handle their food because they had a deep food addiction as well. You know, I think it's, it, it is about realizing for yourself, like, cause like you said, you know, when you were giving the overview of your journey, like your, your alcohol use put you in the hospital and yes. you know, Numerous times. your weight was going to put you in the hospital eventually, but on a much slower track than alcohol right. was. So it's, it's almost like you start to think about priorities and urgency like triage in a, you know, in a, in an emergency room, what is the, you know, which wound is bleeding the most? So we need to stop the bleeding there first, you know, so that we can even assess what else is going on. Um, so I'm curious, what was that? What was that turning point for you when it came to your alcohol addiction where you realized you do, you did need to prioritize working on it and you needed to, you know, actually take those steps you needed to, to get sober. I mean, it was a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've been trying to get sober for like the last three years, and it would, it, it would, not work. Um, and it it got to a point that it was affecting my work, my personal life, on my son, um, and I wasn't. It it basically consumed me, and my family noticed. My friends noticed, and they basically came to my aid and said, "You know, you've got to get better. You you can't. You're gonna die." And you know, they they say you don't get so- sober until you want to get sober. And I and I guess I wanted to get sober. I mean, I guess I just had enough because I I, I don't have any desires to drink anymore. I, I see, I see the, you know. I see life differently now. I mean, I, I still work on it daily. I, I still do. Um, but they say you don't get sober unless you want to get sober. And I, I finally probably had enough. And I, now, you know, I, I'm doing it. So um, I just hit a year. And I'm really proud of that for myself. Yeah. I don't, I don't uh, pat myself on the back a lot. To be honest with you, I kind of beat myself up. But, but that's mm-hmm. one thing that, that I'm very proud of because I never thought I'd see that. I never thought I'd see one full year of sobriety, complete yeah. sobriety. So, well, I, um, I I definitely would reinforce that it's something to be proud of, and I think you're right. It's that whole idea of you know, have you had enough? You know, I've worked with with clients that have been through, you know, dealing with with addictions with drugs and alcohol, and then you know, I'm obviously working with them usually in the weight loss space, and you know, one of them and I one of one of them and I have conversations a lot where. He, remembers, you know, walking into an AA meeting and then, you know, someone asking him, like, have you had enough? You know, is, 
have you had enough? And, you know, his, his mind immediately would go to, you know, have I had enough to drink or, you know, but more, have you had enough of, of the life you're living and what it's giving you? You know, are you ready to make that change? Because until you're ready, you know, you can, people can be forced into things and, you know, kind of feel like they're between a rock and a hard place, you know, from, you know, whether it's family or friends intervening, things along those lines. But it's not really until you feel that personally. That no one gonna, can do this. Do it. Nobody's can do right. this but yourself. Somebody can force you to go to rehab. But I, I hear stories. I go to AA meetings weekly and I hear stories of people. The second they walk out of rehab, they go and use. You, you can't. You, they could have spent 90 days there. The second they walk out, they go and find their drug dealer. or They go to the liquor store. It's like you, you've got to you have to work at it. It hasn't been easy. It's been actually very difficult, but you, you have to keep working. I meditate. I read. I um, have a good support system. I surround myself with good, positive people that I can lean on. You know, it's it's um, it's work, and you've got to want it. You've got to want it. You've, and and uh, I've seen so much positive. My life has changed in so many amazing ways because of just getting sober and the weight loss being a big, huge part of that. You know what I mean? Like, just being 140 pounds down from what I was like just being able to walk and go to baseball games and walk at the beach and not be tired and, and to live a, a quote unquote normal life. Like, uh, it is, is amazing. Really yeah. Is. yeah it's, I mean, it sounds like in a lot of ways there's a synergy there for, you know, getting, you know, getting, achieving your sobriety and then also changing your physical life. Because if you were still stuck in the place where you were physically, you know, at 445 pounds, I almost feel like there there could still be there could be greater challenges to achieving sobriety because you're you're physically stuck in that same place. Like definitely, I don't know if that makes sense. Like it's that they coincide with each other. Right, they, they help each other out. Yeah, <laughs> the weight well, loss, the sobriety, definitely. Well, in which in the same way that they enabled each other to begin with. Exactly. And so you you do this incredible incredible piece of achieving your sobriety, and you know, kind of the okay, you jumped a hurdle. And you're going to keep working on that hurdle, but there's another one in front of you, you know, and, and that's, you know, facing that, you know, weight loss challenge and going down the path that you took. Like, can you take us through what it was like? You know, you, you talked a lot, you know, cause, and I've had another guest on the show who, who went to a, might've been the same exact clinic in, in uh -huh. Mexico. Um, there's a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I think it's something, you know, you, especially around here, like I'm, I'm a relatively new transplant to San Diego, just been here a few years. But the number of people that go to Mexico for medical treatment is would probably astound some people out there. Like, you know, especially like a lot of especially, you know, I have a lot of friends here like go there for dental work and things along those lines because, you know, the weight here and also, you know, lack of insurance coverage and cost and all of those things, you know, do pile up. So, you know, being able to make that choice, you know, for some people it's convenient, not just convenient, but it, it's a it's. It's access to a resource, I guess, is what I'm saying. Instead of fumbling my words, um, what were were you nervous about that? Were you nervous about going there for the surgery? Like, what what did it you know? Take us a little bit into you know making that decision. So, um, I'm kind of neurotic when it comes to doing research about something, especially if I'm going to be let going and having uh, a major surgery. So I, you know, my girlfriend did it. Um, you know, like six months prior. Um, so I just, I really asked her all the questions. I contacted the doctors. I 
messaged them on Facebook and social media. I, um, I, there's a Facebook page that, uh, group that you can belong to. So everybody's posting their before and after pictures. People are, I mean, I even knew, I was even watching videos of people as they walk in their room. So I saw exact, I had to visualize it for myself. So visualize walking into the, the, um, the hospital and seeing pictures of the surgery room and of the actual room. I mean, it's, it's no hospital in, in the United States. It's, but it's, it's very nice. It's, of course, it's not the same, but you know, everybody spoke English. I think at like two or three in the morning, there was a night nurse that, that really didn't, she kind of spoke broken English, but uh, she used Google Translate and she was changing some of my um, like fluids and things like that. So um, yeah, it, it was a wonderful experience. Like I said, they picked me up at my front door. Um, I made the decision, you know, I did my research and I felt comfortable knowing that it was the right choice. Uh, the, the reviews, I read all the reviews. I read the bad reviews. Um, with any surgery, people are going to have complications. Um, some people don't take care of themselves after surgery. So th those are all things that came into play of my decision. Um, I'm very happy I did it. And actually, it's a really cool story, this this hospital. It's called Oasis of Hope. You guys can go look it up. It's, it's actually a half-cancer research hospital. And they use the bariatric side to help fund their research for the cancer. Um, they're actually curing cancer with supplements and diet which is pretty wild like they're using no chemo really um what do they call it homeopathic um or different different uh ways of curing cancer that that they don't use radiation and things like that it's incredible like i was speaking with there's people from all over the world that i met while i was there uh, uh, people from new zealand from ireland um, that go that go there and uh, they treat their cancers, brain cancers, um, uh, you know, major major things, and and it and they're curing it with it, it's incredible. But um, but uh, the overall surgery was very good. My surgeon was amazing, and um, you know, I was only there for three days. I recovered. I healed really well. I had zero zero complications, not at all. I came, I walked, you know, through the hospital while I was there. I never had to leave the premises. Um, and they checked me. They cleared me three days later, drove me home across the border. I didn't have to wait in the line. They had a medical pass, so we got automatically through the border. The border waits anywhere from three to five hours these days to get back into the States. So we go. We drove right through. We got a medical pass. They dropped me off at my front door. I came in, sat on the couch, and I was back to work two days later. Wow. Yeah, yeah, pretty well. Yeah, and what <laughs> and what was life like after surgery? Like, you know, you you we, we've talked a bit about what life was like before, kind of making these decisions. Like, what was it like for you after surgery and adjusting to what you know the changes, the phys you know it's a physical change to how you can eat and what you need to eat right away. Like, you know, what was that like for you going through that? So. <sighs> Doing keto as long as I did before really was awesome. So it was a great uh, – because 
my doctor and the nutritionist, they wanted me to stick with protein, vegetables. And really what I did is I just listened to my body. So I first start with, with the jellos and, you know, the liquids and, and things. And then I started moving into different things like softer foods. And, and everything I ate, I sat and I listened to my body. Still to this day, I can't do seafood and I can't do lettuce. I do not know why. They don't know why. But my stomach just does not digest it well. And I still listen to my body. If I eat something and it doesn't agree with me, I stay away from it. My diet's really simple. And me and my girlfriend, we stay really consistent. We're, we're uh, high protein and veggies and a couple things mixed in here and there. But we keep it really simple. And I just listen to my body. And if it responds good to it, I keep eating it. I, I'm the type of person I could eat the same thing every day if I if I had to, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't get bored. So um, I keep it simple. Which is a and and that's a good thing. You're if you're someone you know there are a lot of us out there that eat the same thing every day, and it you know it it doesn't go so well. So it's good. You know, I always I'm I'm always jealous when I talk to someone that can handle that. Because I drive myself yeah. crazy after a couple of days trying to eat this. Morning. <laughs> when I when I prep the same thing for seven days, and by the third day in, I'm like, "Oh goodness, will this freeze? Can I handle that?" Um, but I, I think it makes sense, and and I think the important thing in there is listening to your body, like, and it, and I have to think too, like a lot of the experiences that you've come through has been a part of that, you know, getting in touch, you know, getting yourself right physically and mentally you know, is a, is a lot about getting in touch with yourself and having a greater understanding of, of how you function as a person and how your body functions. And those things carry over into different areas and carrying it over into food, I think makes complete sense. And, you know, obviously it's working. So you're down, you were, were you around 390 when you had the surgery? Yeah. Is that right? Around 395, I believe I was on surgery day. Yeah. So yeah, that was in April. So from April to now, which is not that, you know, eight months ago, you know, that's a significant change, you know, that, and you're going to see continue, obviously, you know, you, you talked earlier about you having a goal weight in mind. Like it, it's great to hear just the physical changes that have happened for you. Like when you identify, like thinking about what you've come through and now I know that I'm rambling a little bit asking this question. So I'll try to, I'll try to clarify it. Think about what you've been through, you know, kind of cup, you know, hitting a year sobriety and also, you know, making these physical changes going from 445 to around 310. Like, what have been the most significant changes to your life? Um, just my mobility. Um, I'm at the gym every day. I can. I used to not be able to take my dogs for a walk around the block. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'd have to sit down and stop. Um, it's such simple things, and I know... Um, us big people, we all have the same common problems. Uh, finding a booth in, or a restaurant, you making sure there's tables in there that you can sit at, that you're not going to have to worry about breaking a seat somewhere when you're sitting. Um, little things like that that the normal people don't think about. Uh, I don't have to worry about that anymore. I don't have to worry about fitting into a booth at a restaurant. Um, or Googling the restaurant before I make reservations there to make sure they have seats that are sturdy enough so I can sit down. Uh, Embarrassing things like that that I can now admit that I had to do, um, you know, uh, just being comfortable in my own skin, um, fitting in different clothes. I talked about this in a different podcast I was in, wearing jeans. 
I haven't worn jeans in probably 10 years. And being able to wear jeans and, and different outfits instead of stretchy pants. Um, so being able to wear dress clothes and shirts with buttons and things like that. It's the simple small things, man. But, it, you know, it's, it's uh, it you know, clothes are cheaper, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, and uh, little things like that 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 make me happy for sure but um overall quality like being able to do things with my son is really fun you know we play a lot of disc golf and different sports he's basketball he plays basketball so we're you know that's a huge thing too because you know being around him and he's very active and being able to do things with him is important to me and i, I want to be around to watch him grow and um you know, live his life. I, and that, that was another thing. Like I wouldn't, uh, same path I was on. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to be there for him. And yeah. I, and that was very important to me. And, and that's a harsh, but true reality. Like, you know, like <laughs> you were facing that and, and, you know, using that as, as part of your fuel for change is, is, is powerful, man. And what about on the, you know, you talked about the importance of your, your mental health. What about on the mental side? Like what have been the significant changes you know, on what's going on inside of Mike's head. Yeah. Um, that has been the biggest, I got to tell you, there was a lot of depression, um, you know, back in those days, they're very dark, very dark days. Um, and now I'm very positive. Um, very, uh, you know, I love life. I love, you know, um, very goal oriented you know I, I feel good i wake up every morning i have a routine i do um and i'm happy <laughs> most important i'm happy and, and i'm you know they, everyone has their good and bad days but overall i have my sobriety i have my health and um you know being from where i was not too long ago man i mean just a little over a year ago i was in the hospital almost dead and now to, to see the things that I've accomplished in a year, it's, it's pretty remarkable, I think. So, um, you know, I, I definitely like to share my story because I think I can help somebody out there that's going through the same things. I think I'm proof that you can completely change your life mm. in, in a year. <laughs> you really can. Yeah. Um, so. And what are the things, you know, as a result of what you've done, that have you feeling certain that this isn't just you made this change in a year and things are going to change back? Like what, what do you think are the things that keep you moving forward? Um, I have goals. Um, and I know, I know I can never go back to that old lifestyle, um, because I'll end up in the gutter somewhere. And, and that's not, I've, I've seen too much positive out of what I'm doing now. So I'm only going to strive to lose more weight, um, to be a better person, to be a better father, to, you know, I'm, I have goals to start my own business here shortly, um, you know, so it kind of just domino effect kind of just falls in line, you know, just becoming an overall better person, just being there for friends and family and being a good boyfriend and um, to my girlfriend, of course, and and being a good father and just being an overall, like I said, overall good person and, and keep striving to be a to better, better person. And, um, that's my main goal. I just want to be happy in life, you know? 
Uh, you know, I don't need a ton of money or a ton of anything. I just overall want to have a good, happy life. Yeah. Be content. I think that's a solid goal, man. And yeah. what, looking at the challenges that you've come through, what are the things that challenge you now? <sighs> challenge me now. Sweets. Chocolate. <laughs> uh, I struggle with that a little bit because I do get cravings for chocolate now. Um, so that's, I think I've been a little problem with my stall. I've hit a, a stall. It's kind of that, um, you know, I have to stick on a routine because if I get off my routine, um, that, that brings up challenges for me. So, you know, going to the gym every morning and going to work, coming home, you know, reading, um, you know, these things I need to implement because if I don't, I get off track and my weight, uh, you know, will be affected. I, I just, I'm totally, um, love my routine, but just, uh, you know, keep, keep the carrot daggling in front of me, you know, so I keep trying to always better, mm. always get better. And what do you think, if you, if someone out there listening is is in that place you were at a year ago, a year and a half ago, two years ago, what are what are the things that you've learned over this this time? You know, achieving your sobriety and and going through what you have with your weight loss that you would want them to hear. It's never too late. Don't give up. Because um, I was I was ready to give up, and. You know, I, uh, it's never too late and there's, there's a lot of life to live. Um, and I'm perfect example. I mean, I, I, I was ready to give up and I didn't, and it didn't take too long to get my life back in order and it doesn't take too long. It take, you just got to work at it every day, every day, do something little and, put that together it ends up being a month a month goes to six months a month six months go to a year and you look back and it happens fast it happens fast you just got to stick on a on a plan and and stay consistent that's that's what helped me stay consistent and that time's going to pass anyway you know yeah. <laughs> when when people sit and they're like, oh, it took you a year to do that. It took you two years to do that. It took you three years to do that. You know, I that just seems too long to me. And it's like, well, you're going to live those years anyway. Right. You know, and do you want to live those years where you're at right now? Or do you want to open yourself up to the possibility that you could make change over that time? And like I said before, you have to want it. Nobody else can do it for you. You absolutely deep in your core have to want the change. And... um I was I was kind of forced to change in a way, and then once I saw a little bit of the change, it was I was running forward. Mm. You know, I wanted it. I, I, you know, my friends and family came to me and they're like, "You, you need, you, you're gonna die." You know, and I was at the hospital and they're like, "You can't continue on this path." And uh, it was either one or the other. I was either gonna go or I was gonna get better, and I had to get better. Mm -hmm. Which is truly significant because, like, you know, I could ask you the question, oh, you know, Mike, how do we, how does someone out there who doesn't care right now start caring? And there's no magic answer to that. 
There's no way, there's no formula for us to put into place and say, if you just do these things, you'll want to change. You know, that desire to change is something, whether it comes through circumstance or experience or just an, an epiphany moment, there, you have to light that spark, you know, because like you said, there are people that go, you know, there are people that go to rehab for 60 days, for 90 days, 120 days and walk out and use the first day they're out. There are people that, you know, I, I've had people in my life, you know, not necessarily in this, in this space, in the weight loss space, but, you know, achieve their year sobriety and then go have a drink. Like you are the person, you know, at the wheel in all of this, you're the, per you know, there, I've had people on the show that have had weight loss surgery and they out ate the surgery. You know, they didn't do what they needed to do. They didn't use the tool properly because at that time they didn't really want it. You know, they made the change because they felt pressure to make that change. Like you have to want to make change in order for that change to happen, happen and to last because hundred percent we can fake it for someone else. You know, we can agree to something and do something for, or even do something with well intention for someone else. But if we're not doing it for ourselves at the core with purpose, it's not going to happen. It's not going to be sustained. It's not going to continue to go and go on and grow and be the thing that you need to carry you through the rest of your life. At the end of the day, you have to look yourself at in the mirror mm -hmm. and you know, you, you, you know, someone can go sneak a pizza and eat it all to themselves or go take drinks. And, you know, at the end of the day, you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, Hey, did I do everything I did? could today to make my life better and like i said day by day and that's and then I, I hold myself accountable i you know i i go off a checklist every day of you know just trying to make sure i stay on my regiment um uh, for the most part um you know it's kind of like a mental checklist of um uh, making sure i'm taking care of what i need to take care of and, and like i said you gotta you gotta want it 100%. I, and that daily routine and list, and those are those are things I, I preach constantly to people. You know, I literally just two weeks ago put up a blog about why I think that's really important, but I also work with it on my clients every day. Like, you know, when and especially when they're getting off track and I'm like, well, are you doing the things you need to be doing every day? Where's that routine at? You know, and those routines aren't about, you know, it, I think sometimes it feels overwhelming when we think about the rest of our lives. And it's like, well, what do you need to do right now today? Break it down to the next 24 hours. And get through that 24 hours and you know it's just having building that consistency is is the overall thing that i i think is having purpose wanting to do it and then finding a way to to be consistent about it you know is is the through line to almost every story i share you know that's shared on this podcast you know like it's it's not everyone's tools are the same not everyone's challenges are the same you know look at what you came through and the challenges that you faced and that drove your your weight issues you know it wasn't you know, a hamburger addiction or anything along those lines, you know, it came from a different place, but the through line there in terms of you reclaiming your life is still the same thing. You know, it's that finding purpose and, and finding that purpose and acting on it consistently. That's awesome, man. Well, Mike, I, I have really appreciated you diving into your journey, you know, for my audience and for the people listening. And I know it's going to inspire some people to think about you know, what they want for themselves. If they want to reach out to you or just find you on, on social media, where do they track you down? Yeah, it's uh, Mike underscore page underscore on Instagram. Um, I use pretty much Instagram for all my social media. Uh, Facebook, I kind of keep personal, but yeah, they can look me up there. I have, I have not um, 
private or anything like that. My journey is kind of out there for everyone to see. Um, more than happy to answer any questions anybody has or comments or anything like that. But uh, yeah, man, I you know, this whole social media uh, weight loss um, that a lot of people I follow, like you, uh, you, you know, it's very helpful to have um, those people to lean on because it, you know, it's scary. You don't know what you're jumping into. And if you could ask somebody that's been through it already a question, you know, that you're, you're nervous about, um, it's so helpful, so helpful. So I encourage anybody struggling out there, they could reach out to me. If they have any questions. I know a lot of people are curious about the whole Mexico thing, but I would totally glad to share my experience with anybody. Um, it's a wonderful experience and it's, it's not that expensive to have done. I know a lot of people are having uh, issues with their insurance. And, um, you know, if you do and you do want to have, they have all kinds of different surgeries. They do the, um, you know, the R&Y, they do the sleeve, they do, they do a lot of them. But uh, yeah, that's how to get a hold of me. And uh, yeah, definitely. Well, I will definitely put a link to your social media in the show notes of this episode, man. I end every every episode with the five questions, you know, the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? Oh, I'll do my best. Okay. So question number, we start with an easy one always. Question number one, man. Tell us, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Favorite fat guy, living or dead? Oof. That's a tough one. Um... Elvis when he got fat. I liked Elvis. There we go. The the peanut butter and banana sandwich days, Elvis. <laughs> you can't beat that one, man. Question number two. Tell us, Mike, what is something about yourself that you love? Um I love uh my open mindedness. I love that um very open to different people and different opinions. Um, I can, I like just see the good in a lot of different people and different cultures. And I'm all about that stuff. That's awesome, man. Question number three, Mike. And I know you, we've already talked about a lot of these that you've built, but what do you think has been the most important new habit that you've built on your journey? Uh, consistency, a hundred percent staying consistent every single day, uh, is the best habit, you know, just doing it. And, and for me personally, it's that routine, wake up at the same time, go to the gym, get my work in, um, eat me, eat the same thing over and over again. <laughs> um, you know, and, and that's worked. It's worked for me and I'm going to keep doing it. So there we go. Question number four, man, tell us what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Um, I want to, I grew up surfing and now I've lost it. I think I've lost enough weight. I really want to get back out surfing. I miss it. Nice. I, 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 so you surf three times a day mm. and I miss the ocean and that's definitely a goal of mine to get back up there. Well, you're in the right spot to do it. So yeah. <laughs> right. 
You know, as we're recording, I can as I can hear the waves out the window of, of my. Yeah, room. you're yeah. in Ocean Beach. Yeah, you're oh, close. Yeah. And question number five, man: If you could go back in time in at the start of your journey and give yourself, you know, say something to yourself, what would that message be? Get sober now. Mm-hmm. It will change everything. Yep. Plain, simple, and important. Yep. I wish I would have done it sooner. I like it, man. Well, I'm glad that you have done it now, man. Congratulations again on that that year mark. And I'm just excited for you to continue counting them. Appreciate it, Gourmet. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, Mike, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really have appreciated you taking the time to talk to us. A reminder, Mike is going to join us on the Patreon after show where we'll continue this conversation for a little bit. So if you are not signed up for the Patreon, make sure you're getting up on there because every week now... The guest and I jump on over that after we finish this recording. So get that taken care of. Go check out Mike's account on Instagram. And don't forget, you can also connect with me on Instagram at GourmetGoesKeto. You can find me on Twitter at GourmetGoesKeto. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. All of that stuff. Or hey, if you're interested in that blog I talked about, you know, I don't want to, to push it a, a lot. But hey, I wrote a blog about how do you can work on building an action list for yourself that you use every day not just something that you write and throw away. Check that out at theketoroad.com on the blog. So my friends, that's that's a homework list for you. But after that, remember to go on out there and do something today to amaze yourselves because you're the most amazing people I know. Then come on back and catch us on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. Mm-hmm.